I'm Frank Andorka, Editorial Director of Solar Power World Magazine. Welcome to another edition of Solar Speaks, Solar Power World's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. Today we're talking with Tucker Roberti, Director of Strategic Marketing at Advanced Energy, about the current state of the inverter industry. Tucker, thanks for joining us. So where is the inverter industry right now? There's, I would say there's three major transitions. One of them is from 600 volt to 1,000 volt, and that's for the commercial space. You know, the utility space has already made that jump, obviously. Uh, the, the second is from central inverters to an exploration of distributed architectures of, of various types, whether it's a DC to DC, um, you know, AC modules, three-phase string. The market's still trying to figure out where and how they add value and uh, when you can actually extract value and, and when you don't get value. And then third, um, which might actually affect the second, is how do you become a better citizen of the grid and provide grid supportive functionalities because as we get closer to grid parity and more and more PV wants to get onto the grid, um, it becomes less an issue of cost and more of an issue of how does the utility safely and reliably uh, and cost-effectively integrate all these new resources onto the grid. And so, you know, AE, we've been spending a lot of time uh, over the past four years, really, developing a suite of utility interactive controls and support functionality. And, you know, w we believe that that that's the future of PV inverters, that it's going to become less and less about the hardware. You know, having very reliable, good hardware and the sizes that customers need is just minimum ante. The place to differentiate yourself now is how you enable connections to the utility, how you support a utility, um, how you solve their pain points so you can get more PV onto the grid. Those are the, the three really hot points off the top of my head. So how do you get inverters to play nice with the grid? First thing you do is build a toolkit that you can offer the utilities, and that includes a suite of functions that go from fairly simple to you know, really complex. The simplest is just remote on and off. So, someone in a you know knock or ISO remotely, some utility can turn on or off their inverters. Next is remote curtailment or the ability to schedule curtailment. Mm -hmm. If there's uh, too much generation, you have frequency issues, whatever the case may be. And that can, again, be scheduled or remotely controlled or, you know, automated in some sort of closed-loop system. On top of that, then you have reactive power, so producing or absorbing bars, again, on a schedule, in some sort of closed-loop fashion to try and affect voltage. And then you get more sophisticated responses like low-voltage ride-through and how do you, when the grid goes uh, down through what used to be the limits where inverters had to trip off, how do you respond? How quickly do you respond? Will you ride through the voltage event for two seconds? What do you do after that time? How do you reconnect to a grid that you have no voltage reference to? And you know, th these things are, are very real, uh, happening all the time. And a lot of the leading PV inverter manufacturers are working on solving these issues. And you know, we offer a you know, big Swiss Army knife of tools 
to allow utilities to choose from. Uh, unfortunately today, I don't think utilities quite understand the power of today's utility inverters and, and commercial inverters, by the way. The commercial inverters come with just about the same toolkit. Sometimes there's some limits to what you can do because of UL 1741 and IEEE 1547, but there's a big toolkit there and the utilities just need to figure out how to use it. They also need a little bit more infrastructure so they can coordinate with PV plants and coordinate that with their distributed automation equipment, their tap changers and cap banks. And you, you need to, eventually the distribution system has to get a lot more intelligent so we can all derive mutual benefit. There's a uh, regulatory gray area. So right now the utilities want to start treating distributed resources a lot more like a legitimate generation asset. There's not the regulatory framework to allow that, so it's kind of a case-by-case -case basis, and it's a real gray area that's frustrating for everyone. And so we're really looking forward to the 1547.8 committee. You know, there's, there's some different groups out there, like EPRI has a great working group figuring out the communication standards of this new, you know, more intelligent distributed resource network. And Advanced Energy is very active in, in all these committees and trying to help push it forward. And we also pr participate in programs like uh, DOE's CGIS uh, program and CGIS AC. Mm -hmm. So we're working with storage technology. Uh, we're working with forecasting. We're also working with very advanced, I would say some of the first smart grid technologies for PV uh, with Schweitzer Engineering Laboratories, SEL. The, the leader in you know, relays at, at the you know, distribution and transmission level. And what we're doing is using phaser measurement units or, or PMUs at multiple locations to do something called synchrophaser uh, coordination. And with those synchrophasers, you can make some intelligent, autonomous decisions on how to, how to respond to grid events, when to stay connected or, or disconnect. So, you know, AE's approaches were we're a big player in the PV space, but we're a relatively small company overall, so our strategy has been to partner. Uh, we don't believe we can be the best at everything. We want to be the best inverter manufacturer we can be, but we partner with companies like Schweitzer, who bring a lot of value add. We're partnering with different storage companies behind the scenes, no press releases, but uh, you know, working on some of that stuff. and. Also utilities. We spend a lot of time talking to utilities, working with utilities. We have demonstration, live demonstration on the grid this summer coming up with some storage. And also in uh, Oregon, we have a, a live grid demonstration. We've already demonstrated on the grid the benefits and performance of synchrophasers. Last summer, we'll be doing more work on that as part of our CGSAC program. And, and I guess one of the things that I like to always remind people of when we talk about how to enable higher penetration of PV on the grid, because that was the, the topic of, of this uh, meeting, was that kind of like Spider-Man comics, you, with, with great power comes great responsibility, and PV's starting to get a lot of power. Mm -hmm. And you know we have to take on more responsibility. The utilities, in exchange for being regulated monopolies, the PUC holds them accountable for safety, reliability, and the lowest cost. And if PV's not executed well, we can threaten all three of those. Yeah. So we have to prove ourselves and, and we have to mature our solutions to, again, be good citizens of the grid, play a grid supportive function. The good news is that everything in a P, there's already the tools there in an inverter. We, we have the inductors, we have the capacitors, we have the intelligence to, to right now play a much more positive role on the grid. It's just a matter of, of you know, the last couple of years, I think, has been defining the problems 
Now we're moving into the solutions phase where we're working with utilities to how do we deploy these solutions and, and solve problems like flicker and voltage rise and intermittency, sometimes frequency events, and make the grid more robust for uh, connecting distributed generation and not less stable. And so, and then I also gave a plug to the high penetration uh, working group and some of the best and brightest in the country that are focusing on distributed generation challenges, whether they're at labs, you know, federal labs or state level labs or universities, utilities, the manufacturers, we all get together and share case studies, talk about codes, and, and how do we move forward to enable uh, higher penetration of PV onto the grid. So um, there's a lot of work going on, and, and I'm very thankful that there is, because otherwise there's going to be a cap on the PV industry's growth if we don't solve these issues. And since you talk to a lot of utilities and you just talked about the, the grid penetration issue, I keep hearing rumors uh, from a variety of people in places like Colorado and Arizona that the utilities have sort of thrown up their hands because they've hit their RPSs and are saying, okay, so we've hit them, so now we're done. Why would we bother going to the trouble of installing more solar because we've hit our RPS? Which to me is an indication that we're going to see utility sector is going to slow down considerably in 2013 and more people are going to be focusing on commercial and residential. What have you heard? What are utilities telling you? Um, I think the cost of utility generated, utility scale PV has just gotten so low that it's going to keep rolling. There, there might not be the you know, 300 megawatt, 500 megawatt jobs anymore because those are tough to finance without loan guarantees. But I really believe that utility scale PV, when, when you can deliver PPAs for you know, 10 cents or less per kilowatt hour, you can go out there and compete with just about anyone. On the commercial and residential side and, and hitting the RPS limits, that's one of the great things about America is that there's 50 states. And when one market's slowing down or weak, like New Jersey's going to have an off year this year, Massachusetts comes on strong. Out west, if Colorado's going to be off and Arizona's going to off, you know, New Mexico is going to be strong and California is, you know, always strong, but I think going to be extra strong this year. So, and they got places like Georgia that are, you know, making a real push this year. Uh, North Carolina just keeps on plugging along. So, plenty of business out there and we're, we're going to keep growing. And if a particular utility or state doesn't recognize the value of PV today, I, I think, again, if we do all these things we were talking about and provide a net benefit at a reasonable cost and, and help, you know, improve the grid's performance, uh, defer upgrades, and, and do all the good stuff that's you know been well-documented that PV can do when coordinated well with the utility. Utilities are going to want more PV. It's just a matter of, of time and education and, and really proving out that, that we you know say what we're going to do, do what we're going to say, and, and provide a mutual benefit. And not every state is going to be hitting on all cylinders every year. I don't think the industry could keep up right now if it did. So I, I'm not troubled by you know, one-off isolated issues. The overall market is strong. Thanks, Tucker. We've been speaking with Tucker Roberti, Director of Strategic Marketing at Advanced Energy, on the state of the solar inverter industry. This has been Solar Speaks, Solar Power World Magazine's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. I'm Frank Andorka, Editorial Director of Solar Power World Magazine, until next time.